0: you're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church, join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. for small groups, 10 a.m. for worship, or anytime at org. Do you have an uh, a nativity set at home? Most of us do, like we decorate the house with a nativity uh, scene, and we have them before. And, and you know the usual suspects, right? Mary and Joseph, and Jesus, and shepherds, and a couple of animals in there, an angel or two, but not everyone in the Advent story, for some reason, makes the cut for our nativity scenes. Over the next three weeks, four weeks, we're going to talk about those who are unlikely in this Advent story, those who are not included uh, on the mantle on the big day when Jesus is born, and we begin with Zechariah and Elizabeth. Our scripture lesson today comes from Luke chapter 1, beginning with the fifth verse. It will be on the screens, it will be online, and it's also in your Bible. Let us hear the word of the Lord. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was a descendant of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and all the regulations of the Lord, but they had no children, because Elizabeth was barren. And both were getting on in years. Once when he was serving as priest before God and his section was on duty, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter into the sanctuary of the Lord and to offer incense. Now at the time of the incense offering, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. Then there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified and and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink. Even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, how will I know that this is so? For I am an old man and my wife is getting on in years. The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. But now, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak until the day of these things occur. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering at his delay in the sanctuary. When he did come out, he could not speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He kept motioning to them and remained unable to speak. When his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she remained in seclusion. She said, this is what the Lord has done for me when he looked favorably on me and took away The disgrace I have endured among my people. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A couple of weeks ago, we went to Disney World. Uh, Every other year, we do the Great Rawl Family Reunion. Uh, and we gather in Disney World. And, and normally we take a plane, train, and automobile, and we all just kind of meet there. And we have dinner on that first night, and that signals the time in which the, re- the um, reunion has begun. But this time we said, why don't we do things differently? We said, why don't we, why don't we all try to ride together? Whoever could ride together, let's all ride together. It will allow the cousins to, to have fun on the way down, and it will consolidate costs and these kind of things. So we decided to get a 15 passenger van. Uh, including everyone, for 14 people. You see where this is going, don't you? And, And we made our merry way down to Orlando for Mickey and Minnie's very merry Christmas party. Well, a week before the trip, we got word that all 15 passenger vans had been recalled. Even though we saw plenty on the road, 15-passenger vans have been recalled, so they said, hey, we'll give you two SUVs instead. I'm like, okay, but then I, I asked my sister Melanie, I said, why don't you also bring uh, your minivan as well? Because friends, it's always good for there to be a parent timeout vehicle, because sometimes parents misbehave, and they just need to be alone sometimes, and to think about what they've done. So we called the Great Raw Council together, and we zoomed uh, together, and we decided unanimously that we would bring two SUVs and my sister's Tellyride all the way down to Orlando. So we get to my sister's house that night, um, and Josh, my brother-in-law, came to me and said, well, you know, I think we can get there with our luggage by just using the two rentals. So Josh, who is an engineer... He went to tech, graduated engineering. He's an engineer uh, turned uh, uh, girls basketball coach, turned AP physics teacher, turned vice principal and now principal of St. Margaret Mary's Catholic School in Slidell, Louisiana. I tell you all of these things because I know he's right. That's not the point. The point is I take up a lot of space. I need elbow room, but I'm not a jerk. So I tell Josh, no problem, can't wait. That night before going to bed, I roll over and look at Christy said, it will never work. <laughs> it's not gonna work. This is, this is a nightmare. It worked, it worked. I take up a lot of space. I take up more space Then I take up, and what I mean by that is, yes, I'm a large human, but I also bring a lot of stuff with me. You know what I'm saying? I have a very big personal bubble, and it follows me everywhere. Hope, hope takes up a lot of space. It's like when I forget to check in early bird at Southwest, and I get on the airplane, and all that's left are middle seats. And I just walk in the plane with a, 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 a gracious look on my face. And I just go up and down the aisle saying, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm about to ruin someone's day. <laughs> it's what's about to happen. They think, and I thought, I love it. You want, you want to see hope dashed? You get into a Southwest flight late. And the person on row 15 thinks that they are going to not sit by someone. For the next two hours, and then you just roll up, and you just you don't say nothing. You just put your bag up, and just they just watch you. You know, they just watch you as you put your, your bag up into the thing, and you just say, "Right there, can I? Right there, can I?" You know, and and just the look on their face, right? Now, if you're like you know, one thirty four eleven, like that's not a problem. Six three two sixty ruins a day. You know, <laughs> so hope, hope, hope takes up a lot of space. I'm so sorry, is what I said. And I think God says the same to us when we dare to imbibe our dreams with hope. I'm so sorry because hope takes up a lot of space. I'm so sorry because hope changes trajectories and rewrites the stars. The potential energy of hope is like feeling the jolts and the erratic percussion of an angry bull still in the pen, hoping for God's sake you can last at least eight seconds before being thrown off and injured in the fall. Hope takes up a lot of space, more space than we think. Hope necessitates room for dreaming. Hope offers permission to dream, and dreaming changes the way you see yourself and the world around you. Zechariah entered into the Holy of Holies not expecting God to show up. Why would he? How long had it been since God parted the seas and and made manna rain upon the ancient Israelites in the wilderness? How long had it been since Isaiah had spoken a promise of a child upon whose shoulders will rest a holy government? How long had it been since the mountains were on fire and God's people at peace? How long had it been since Zechariah and Elizabeth had given up hope of having a child of their own? Once an assumption is made, it is very difficult to unravel. Once hopelessness takes root in your person and story, it is exceedingly difficult to re-narrate. Zechariah wasn't expecting God to show up on his day to atone for the people. Again, why would he? And then there's the angel Gabriel who appeared and he was frightened and amazed. Gabriel announces that Elizabeth will become pregnant and Zechariah very quickly pushes back. He says, I don't know if you know how this works. I'm old. She old too. Zechariah doesn't even give himself enough time to consider what the angel is saying. And you've been in this place, right? Where nothing's going your way, your body is tense, every email you read is a personal attack. You're the kind of place where good news just can't be heard. And if you need reminding, it looks something like this. Hey, you look great today. Well, I'm not really eating the way I should and I've I've really, I've taken a break from, from the gym. Hey, you did really great with the science project. Well, it took me longer than I thought and I wish I had more glue for the poster board. Hey, you did a really good job with the party decorations well, the budget wasn't as big as I had hoped, so I I did what I can do. You're in a place where you can't hear good news because for some reason, you think you don't deserve the compliment. So, Zechariah was struck dumb because the only language he knew was lament and sorrow. That was his comfort zone. Sometimes, in order to learn a new language, you just gotta shut up for a minute and listen. Have you ever had a teacher or a parent, or maybe you're on a Disney World trip and there's an extra vehicle for you to go, has anyone ever put you in the corner and said, Jolene, you can come out of the corner after you have thought about what you've done? Do you know that? Has that happened to you? I mean, not Jolene. I mean, I'm just, that was, you know, She's never been in the corner, right? Friends, this is not a punishment. This is a gift. Because the teacher or parent, they separate you from the crazy that's going on, and they give you space to be. Space to listen. Space to calm down. This isn't punishment. It is a gift. Or as Pastor Rachel Billups, the author of Unlikely Advent, says, what if, what if pain and confusion are only new ways we can see the beauty and experience the good? What if pain and confusion are only new ways we can see the beauty and experience the good? She talks about how sometimes the only way light can break in is through the cracks. Silence isn't punitive, it is restorative. It's like Gabriel saying to Zechariah, hopelessness no longer serves you, as if you thought it ever did. Be still and know that God is God for a moment. The potential energy of hope is massive. It takes up space. It doesn't apologize. You have to get out of its way. The potential energy of hope is, is pregame. The potential energy of hope is that moment just before you jump out of the airplane to skydive on your 80th birthday. The potential energy of hope is a child on the top of the hill at, airline, at an airline game who's sitting on the cardboard from the nachos ready to go down the hill. But the kinetic energy, the kinetic energy of hope is very small indeed. The kinetic energy of hope is when the ball is kicked for kickoff. The kinetic energy of hope is that push out of the airplane. The kinetic energy of hope is when the child leans forward just a bit to then go down the hill. It is a step in the right direction. It is an unhelpful assumption, unlearned. It is a right word at a right time. Hope has the potential to rewrite the stars. But it takes a wise man to put one foot in front of the other and to follow that star. Or maybe I should say a wise woman. When Mary had heard that Elizabeth was pregnant. She went with haste. That word is only used twice in Luke's gospel. Once when Mary moved to be with Elizabeth and the second time is when the shepherds heard that Jesus was born. They went with haste to Bethlehem. Mary went with haste to be with Elizabeth to support her, to walk with her, When it says she went with haste, it's another way of saying she dropped everything to hit the road to be with her friend. Today is my maternal mother, so my maternal grandmother's, my mom's mother's birthday, and she passed away several years ago. And I remember I was officiating that funeral, and that was a difficult sermon to put together. And I remember telling my covenant group my covenant group, we call ourselves the Super 7 because not one of us have any ego issues. <laughs> I texted the Super 7. I said, hey friends, I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling with this sermon. I'm not quite sure what to say. But you put it together, you, you, you become a grown-up and you put on the stole and you, you do. And as I was getting ready, and it was out of town, we, we took the family to Moss Point, Mississippi, the booming metropolis of Moss Point, Mississippi, suburb of Pascagoula, Mississippi. And as I was getting ready for the sermon, I saw Donnie Wilkinson, who was in my covenant group, just standing in the back of the sanctuary. Didn't tell a soul that he was coming and he was there. Hope takes up a lot of space. The potential energy of hope crowds out our lament. It dries our tears momentarily, but the kinetic energy Is one of your best friends just showing up? Because they knew he needed the support. Mary went with haste to be with Elizabeth. And this visit wasn't just a visit. You see, Mary lives in the north in Galilee. Elizabeth lives in the south in Judea. And ever since the, the, the kingdom of King Solomon, Israel had been divided into the, north, the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judea. And we know a thing or two about the north and the south not getting along, yeah? What is God doing where Mary from the north comes down to visit Elizabeth in the south? Could it be in their meeting, because it said the child leapt for joy in her womb, could it be that in this meeting God is bringing the north and the south together, which we know is a damn near impossible task. Not only that, Mary takes her lineage through the prophets Miriam, Moses, Aaron. Elizabeth takes her lineage through the law, through the Levites. In other words, friends, not only is the North and the South, the Old Kingdom, coming together in the meeting of these women, it's also the Law and the prophets who are coming together in the meeting of these women. And what is God doing? God is changing the world. Through moms. You want an unlikely Advent? What is God doing? What is God thinking? An unlikely Advent, indeed. At least for some. What is your hope as we enter into Advent? What is your unlikely story that is just taking up room in your dreams? What kind of light can you offer the world so bright that wise men, wise women will stop what they're doing and to follow that light, to follow that star, to follow that story that you offer the world? The potential energy of hope is massive, and sometimes the kinetic energy of hope is as simple as taking an, an ornament off the tree for our downtown friends. One simple step that translates into a hope bigger than our imagination. Where do you need to place your well-focused energy to transform the I'm sorry of a boisterous hope into the you're welcome of a joy complete? Dream big Start small. It's like announcing that on this day is born in the city of David a Messiah for all the world. Oh, and by the way, the Messiah is a baby. The potential and kinetic energy of hope. Dear Advent, what do you have in store? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, you who shows up even when our only language is lament, sorrow, or despair, fill our dreams with hope. A dream that's bigger than our imagination. But then, Father, give us the courage to take that one step, to offer that one word, to talk to that one person so that hope may be realized. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
1: Did you find the button? in my way through days losing you along the way Oh, if God is on my side Oh, if God is on my side Oh, if God is on my side Who can be There was a greatness I felt for a while but somehow was changed Some kind of blindness I used to protect me from all of my stains Yeah, I wish this was where to go But it feels like I'm and slow, oh, if God is on my side, who can be against me? But in this wasteland where I'm